Hello and welcome back to 41,000 Feet and Thriving. Virginia here and I'm so happy to introduce today's guest. She is a friend of mine. She has an amazing background in both commercial and private and she's a self-taught chef and at that she's an amazing chef. Like oh my gosh if I could cook like her I would just count all my lucky stars. Um, I'm so happy to have her on today. This was actually the first episode I ever recorded of 41,000 Feet and Thriving. So you get to hear me learning my way into the interview process. Bear with me and um, enjoy Chef Lauren Smith. Thank you for having me. Um, thanks for trekking to Santa Rosa with me. Yes, this is an incredible experience. Honestly, it was like kind of out of the blue, but also not. And it's in a way. Yeah, I am not the type of person that ever takes um, like vacation time for myself. Yeah, this was a special little treat. Yeah. For those of you that can't see, we are in Sonoma-ish County right now. We're at a little resort that I've gone to a few times named Timber Cove Resort. It's amazing. We're right on the coast and the waves are crashing. It's very romantic and we're here together. So <laughs> It's super romantic. I love it. I mean, it's a vibe. Yeah. We totally got sent a bottle of champagne. Except we sent it to ourselves. So, you know, it's fine. Should we cheers? I feel like we should cheers. We should definitely cheers. <laughs> Chick change. Chick change. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So today we thought it would be fun because Lauren's here. We both do cooking on board and our chefs on board. So we thought it would be fun to talk about menu planning because we were sitting this morning at coffee and we were like, what are we going to talk about today on the podcast? And we were like, well, you're menu planning as we sit and have coffee. Why don't we talk about that? And then we were able to make a whole list of things to talk about with you guys. So I feel like we should just dive in, shall we? Let's dive in. I'm super excited. Yeah. It's kind of my passion. I was just saying today, like, I get so excited to menu plan. It's a this weird dichotomy of hyper stressed out and then also hyper excited. And when a dish comes together, I'm like a little kid. I get so overwhelmed with happiness so yeah um i want to be able to kind of run you guys through that and share that experience with you hopefully well i think it's like i like that you say it's like a little kid because i think it's kind of like i don't know if you guys used to do this but i used to make like mud pies in my backyard and like serve them like and you know you'd get your stick and you'd stir it together and you'd put some leaves in there and be like oh my god i made this creation in a mud pie and you loved the idea of that because you were like all creative and like yeah i threw like some chocolate in there. I threw some pretzels in there. I threw all of this and it looks like dirt with sticks in it. But here you go. Basically. that's a, It's the same thing. Same it's the same. I don't know if you've ever had that at a five-star restaurant, but same vibe. Essentially, we just make mud pies on the jet and yeah. it's great. Billionaires play for it. So it's yeah. great. Um, okay. So let's talk about when you start creating or like start thinking up a menu, what are your first thoughts? I run through a few different scenarios. Um, so I'll always kind of consider my destination is probably the first thing. Um, and that's not necessarily to say like, oh, we're going to Italy, so I'm going to make Italian food. Um, it might be we're going somewhere cold, so I want something hearty and warming. Um, you know, it's like I'm not going to do a gazpacho if we're headed to the snow. And so I'll consider kind of like the elements, where we're headed, um, and then really to like get the ball rolling to really start the creation process. I usually pick out, like for the first dish, I'll pick out 
one ingredient and that'll be like my star ingredient mm-hmm. for that dish. Sometimes it'll be the star ingredient for the whole menu. So I'll mm-hmm. do like a cohesive menu, say like beets, you know, and their beet will be the theme throughout the menu. Um, that one I don't always recommend because not everybody loves beets and it's so true. Very, it's a very common consensus. They taste like dirt. Yes. Mud it's pie. one or the other. <laughs> it is the grown up version of mud pie. But they are so versatile. So they're really fun. Like I do love to work with beets and my personal client loves beets. So it's really easy for me. Yeah. Um, but that being said, so yeah, I'll, I'll do like a single ingredient and then I'll kind of start menu planning around that. And my go-to, which if you follow me on Instagram, you will know my number one like steak. N- well, no. Yes. <laughs> but no. I mean, yes. Um, but like my biggest like secret I essentially to menu planning would be um my flavor matrix book oh yeah 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 I have this too I can't quite crack it but I know you have completely unfolded it into another world so it's a weird thing and I know like I probably don't even use it correctly I'm not really sure like I honestly I've never even read through the entire book don't tell James Fishon but um I just kind of look at it and I typically all it's really I use the idiot proof version. So it has whatever you're looking at and then it has the best pairing and then it has the surprise pairing. And I just always go to the surprise pairing. I'll pick one of the surprise pairings and then I'll look that up and figure out what the next surprise pairing is. And then I'll think like, does all like do all three of these. Is that cohesive? Yes. And that was like kind of my next question is like, so you're talking about having one singular ingredient that you might focus on as an option of how to create a menu. But if you don't have that, how do you make a cohesive menu? Like, what's your thought process behind not having a combat ingredient? So then I would go with like a food style, right? So like I really, like when I first started, um, I was very much heavily into like California cuisine, which is essentially just like locally sourced, fresh, light, um, and it's very easy to do. And you can, that pulls from like Mediterranean roots um, and it's, it's very like I, I think typically it's very fish heavy. So, yeah, I'll typically do that, like regionality, I guess, or like origin of an area um, and just kind of start building a menu around that. Like, oh, this one, ha- I want to do a burrata salad, probably go for something more Italian in flavor. So like maybe I'll do a Branzino dish if I want to go fished um, or like a steak bistecca. You know, it's like I'll kind of build upon the Italian flavors. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like a traditional Italian dish, but I'll try to pull in Italian elements, you know. Because like, yeah, you could also tell you American way with that too, because that is a very popular like new American dish right now. True. Well, I think that, that that's interesting. And you you have a rule about like how many elements you can go in a dish. Too. I do. I try. So this was actually, so this is like um, essentially how I started leveling up my food and how I started leveling up my plating skills in general as I try to have at least at the very least four elements to each dish it's like four separate things that you're putting on that dish not just like a garnish garnish doesn't count um yeah so so it's like kind of figuring out especially like utilizing the new age things that people are doing like molecular gastronomy you can pull into there so it's actually very I would love to see people doing like astronomy on an airplane i mean it's so easy though right like you can do these like the the pearls like yeah those are super easy basically you need cold oil and then like a liquid and the jellying agent um 
it's so easy to do and it's really impressive and it's beautiful and that's an additional element that you can put on there mm-hmm. um, that does just like a pop of flavor it adds a pop of flavor look wise too yeah it just looks beautiful but also like if you really think about like a michelin star dish they're gonna have way beyond like probably like six plus elements to a dish you're never gonna see you know four or like less than four yeah um but when you really look at like a basic restaurant like somewhere that's it's good but not super high level it's probably gonna have three to four elements right like a steak a mashed potato a veg and maybe a sauce yeah and that's it um and so Anything that you can add to that is really going to level up your dish. And then it's also going to teach you timing, like especially on the jet. It's crazy. I mean, I wouldn't recommend if especially if you're not super comfortable in the kitchen, I wouldn't recommend um, doing everything fresh on board unless you have like a flight, you know, to Europe or something. You've got 10 hours. Maybe you can accomplish that. I kind of love those flights because you really don't have to do much prep. You don't just you walk up with your grocery bags and you're like, here we are. Yeah, let's go. Unless you're, you know, you leave late and your client's like, oh, wait. Oh, yeah, no, that's one that's not fun. Yeah, that's mine. Yeah, and I'm always like, I'm not going to prep anything. I think we're totally good. I've got like a 10-hour flight. And literally every single time my boss steps on the air stairs, he's like, I need to eat. And I'm actually, I don't wear gloves. I'm sorry. But that's controversial. I know, it's very controversial, but I am, uh, I'm like crazy about washing my hands. And if I have put on gloves, this is just me personally. If you guys want to wear gloves, I don't like good on you. Um, but I will not wash my hands as frequently. So I'll like maybe I'll touch something like the counter or I'll, I'm more likely to cross contaminate. But if my hands are sticky and gross, I'm going to wash my hands like I'm going to run them underwater, wash my hands, whatever. Well, and that's like definitely like the true chef way of cooking. It's like I don't think I've ever yeah. talked into that restaurant and seen them in gloves. Yeah, you don't see Gordon Ramsay yeah. wearing gloves or true. Yeah. Not so much. Um, okay, so the the process of menu planning and how you come up with it, that's kind of what we were just talking about is like you come up with inspiration, you go with that, you try to come up with your four or more elements, you think about where you're going, what you're going to be doing when you're there, if it's cool, if it's hot kind of thing. Um, and then what's the process of like, okay, let's plan it. Let's plan it out. Let's see what we need equipment we have on board let's say also so lauren's on a 91 account so she is working for one person and one person only obviously and their guests however let's say you're a charter like or a contractor like i am i don't know what's going to be on the plane at all times i got really lucky this last time that i did a contract trip and there was like even like a mini air fryer on board there was a skillet there was an induction top there were pans um but sometimes i literally like travel with my stuff now yeah when I'm a contractor because I have to yep you have to so I have an extra bag so if you don't have that or if you let's say you're working for a charter company like so many are what would you say like your thought process is then you like I remember when I did charter and I like cooking was just becoming popular like four years ago on board like that I feel like that's kind of when it started to you know even still it's pretty I mean now it's yeah. I mean, real cooking, um, like they, they wanted you to, if you could make eggs, like that was impressive four yeah. years ago. Um, now they're the like... Avocado toast was like how like our company started. Yes. And it was like pushing avocado toast like every minute. If you can do breakfast foods, 
that was that was kind of like a it was a really nice addition to your resume. Like because it went from like being like six to eight hundred dollars for however many people or more sometimes to you can make breakfast for twelve for two hundred. Um, it's a huge money saver. You know, that's just one aspect of it. So anyway, it became very popular four years ago, and I remember working for Charter and being like, okay, what can I do on board? And, you know, you don't have a toaster, especially if you, even if you do have, I hate using toasters on board. What if you have 12 passengers? I always use the oven for toast. So, like, you start to think about practical ways of how you're going to execute that menu then, right? Yeah. So there's always that element. And even so, I do both, right? I I cook on the jet and then I also cook at a private home. Um, Like, the private home, I have, like, a full professional kitchen. I've got, like, the crazy deep fryer. I have a huge grill. I have, like, a 12-burner stove. It's totally different. Um, But, you know, even with that, I consider how many guests do I have? What's my time limit? What's the age of the guests? You know, if I have young kids, they're going to want everything really, really quick. I'm not going to do a six-plus course menu. Um, so that same thing goes into the jet and it's like, okay, realistically, what is on there? Am I even, hopefully I have an induction cooktop. If I don't, what can I do? Like, so I'm thinking if I don't have an induction cooktop, definitely not going to do steak. I'm not going to do anything that I need to pan sear anymore. Mm. Um, and I'm probably just going to think about like, maybe I'll do fish, which fish is hard on the jet, especially on charter um, you don't know if the owner is okay with you cooking fish on board. There are ways to get around the fishy smell um, when you're cooking on board, but it's still not perfect. Well, even you and I texted recently when I was working on board a, a charter and I was cooking steak and I was cooking a few of them. And I've cooked steak on board many times. I think it's it's a classic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you do what you can do, but it's inevitably going to get a little smoky on the cabin when you cook steak. And I texted Lauren and I was like, hey, do you have any other tricks that I'm not thinking of, like about how to get rid of like the steak smoke? Like, and you know, there's the obvious like opening the air vents, which maybe you don't know. That's a great tip. Yes. Um, open the air vents, open your accordion door. This is what I was going to say that you taught me is the, the accordion, accordion door. door. Yeah. I did that and it was life changing. Small sh- like story time. My first ever private flight. I set something on fire. <laughs> not kidding you like full flame like full flame in the oven yes. smoked out the cabin like everything was under control you're it, just embarrassed and yeah yeah it was fine though it was fine i mean stuff happens and you know what's funny is that the clients requested me again though see i don't know how but i'm gonna thank my lucky stars i i i think it's their fault that i'm still in private otherwise i think i would have been fired <laughs> You mean they're blessing that you're still in private. They bestowed this thing upon me and I'm still here. Tinjin, we made it. We're still in it. Should <laughs> However many years later. Yes. Um, oh. So there's that steak. Yeah, anything that's going to smoke. Lamb, same thing. Lamb is going to be very smoky. Um, but yeah, essentially you open the vents, open the accordion door is yeah. a huge help. That was life changing, guys. Like, definitely do that. Also, even your drains. Yeah, anything that... That was actually my passenger taught me that. I didn't even think about it. And my passenger, like, went through the, the bathroom. Because I I was doing, uh, I think it was lamb. And it had a really, like, crazy fat cap on it. And lamb smokes no matter what. 
Um, and it had been sous vide, so it wasn't raw. So I sous vide the lamb, and then I was just searing the fat cap on it. And man, that just, the whole cabin smoked out. And it was immediate. And I, he just came up and he was like, oh, you just, duh, open. Huh. And it was like, and it cleared out pretty quickly, actually. That was a good little trick. Do you know I did know that one? Because I had a client that did a taboo on board um, in my charter days that he was... Little reefer madness? He Not reefer. Cigarette? Cigarette, yeah. The heck is... I'll tell you later. It's a fun one, too. He was awesome to fly. I flew him all the time. Um, but he would go in the bathroom and he would kind of give me this look because he... I flew him a lot. And so it was like, he knew I knew. And I knew that I knew. Yes. And he would go in the bathroom and he would smoke into the vent, which was pretty genius. Like for a client to just figure that out on their own, I'm kind of like. At least he wasn't like flushing the toilet. Yeah. Like, (laughs) especially on the like the the 400s, which most charter companies have. That's not a cute flush. It's the old fashioned like plop flush, you know, just that metal plopper. Yeah. That just goes so that's that actually up. probably not the air drain. No, yeah. <laughs> not the fancy 500. <laughs> That's where you feel like you're in space. Yeah. It's like someone's going to get side down. We're getting very sidetracked. <laughs> Anyways. So those are really good tips. So there's like the, the equipment side of it of like, what, what do you have on hand? And then there's like the step side. Like, I don't know about you, but we were talking about this earlier. I have to have a list going into my, if I'm cooking on board. Like even sometimes when I'm not cooking on board, I need a list of like, okay, I'm going to do this at the hangar as soon as I get there, A, B, C to like F or G or whatever. And then when I get on the plane, same thing, like you're going to start with this, then you're going to do this, then like move on to this. And while this is cooking, you're going to do this. And why this is in the blender, that kind of, like you are multitasking, like you are a kitchen. Yeah. And if you have one, because you're one oh. person, yeah, I need to think about it. Like usually typically private chefs when they, if they're cooking for more than six people, they have a sous. Even like less than half. Honestly, six. Yeah, it's like less like, than six. I would people. say like four to six is where they call it. Yeah. Um, Which so for hard. that's where your quality starts to lower because, you know, by the time you plate the sixth dish, the first one's a little cooler or whatever it might be, deflated, whatever. Yeah. So it's if they do like one to 12 passengers, I mean, I am. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, I have, I've done larger, obvious, like I, I used to tour. Yeah, I can say that. I used to tour for the Eagles and it was 45 <laughs> minute flights, <laughs> full name, like 14 passengers, like actually like 30 minutes or less. And they wanted multi-course meals. Um, and it was nuts. And this was like, sometimes I would cook, sometimes I would use catering. Um, but you know, it's like, even with catering, it's the reason that I start cooking is because it's honestly the same amount of effort, like reheating all of that stuff. Yeah. Right. Like time quality. Like if you even amount of effort in the moment, it's not the same amount of stress and prep. True. There's less for the uh, grocery prep. The- I don't know though. Honestly, like if like hunting down, like figuring out a restaurant, like negotiating with them, like, can I pick it up right before the flight? I'm going to need it at exactly this time okay, it's lunchtime. I want to pick up dinner. That was always my biggest struggle. And I was like, why don't I just freaking do it myself? I'm sure like, uh, I know this is like a great restaurant, but it's reheated. It's old, you know, whatever. 
if I made just a fresh steak on board, even if I'm not gr- a great chef yet, I feel like it's still going to be better. Like some something freshly seared is going to taste better than something that's been holding for, you know, four or five hours. Also, side note, just we're not promoting everyone going out and like cooking their steak right away. You do need some self-taughtness or like start looking at YouTube videos or stop or start watching your videos or flightists like start looking for yourself at home yeah get like, interested don't moody and you're interested out on million and billionaires yeah um especially if your job depends on it yeah I was a very <laughs> we we're not trying to get you fired <laughs> yeah I mean I'm a weird person like I literally could not boil water before I started in private aviation like on a, like my ex will tell you she can't cook um I was terrible and I started doing but I just I've always done it in the moment it was like I think I'm gonna make a tzatziki sauce and it, so I would bake it on my favorite tzatziki because it's just easy and yeah you can it's so versatile but it's also like starting with so like start small with little things that you feel like like we probably confidently do like sauces avocado to then crudités yep like cutting up your own veggies and making your own crudite or fruit tray that is not as easy as it looks and it is a skill yeah like um you know making it look really like stunning yeah like it really does take skill and so start practicing with that i think that's a great point um yeah, I think so. Speaking of like fruit and veggie trays, like more ingredients go into that than you know. Mm-hmm. Easy peasy though. You walk into the produce aisle, done. You might like if you're doing like a fruit tray, go and get like some dried fruits if you're feeling European or extra. Um, but like, so when you're menu planning, let's jump to another side topic here. Um, so, you know, you've evaluated what you have on board. You're thinking about it in your head. You've made your menu now. And now you're like, okay, let's go into action. It's the day before the trip or maybe the morning of the trip and go to the grocery store. Do you have strategy going into the grocery store? It's a hot topic. So even, so my like menu plan, essentially I will, I'll take my menu and it's, you know, it's listed as like you would see on a menu in a restaurant. That's how basically I do it. And then I do a drawing of exactly how I want it plated. Sometimes I'll do multiple like different um, iterations of it as well. So it's like maybe one I'll do, you know, with certain elements or I don't know. I'll switch it up. So I have different options. One takes a little bit more time. Maybe one is a little quicker. Um, And then I'll go through my menu and I'll start with fruit and veg. So it's like, okay, what where are the vegetables in the first dish? So it's like, okay, I need potatoes. I need leek. I need uh, chives. I need peas. And so I'll go through my entire menu and just do all of the fruits and vegetables that I need because that's the produce section. And so, and then I'll move into dairy. I'll list all of my different dairies that I need. Then I'll go into the meat section. And then I'll go into basically like my stock section. So what seasonings do I need? Or basically, you know, if I need nuts or whatever, anything that's on the interior of the grocery store. And that's how I shop. So I shop like produce first, dairy next, protein next. And it's like I get my shop. It used to take me forever to do my catering shopping. And now it's like less than 30 minutes, maybe. So I have a mixed mode. Um, So Lauren and I actually went trip shopping. We both we took our time. 
No, and I, and I don't mean like the rush factor, but we we about two weeks ago, we had trips that coincided the next day. So we we're like, should we just do our shopping together? And we were in L.A. So it was just like both of our like havens and heavens at the same time. Erwan, baby. Um, Erwan and Italy both were needed. And it was kind of funny because I was going in with I was getting ready for a week of flying and I didn't know what that week of flying looked like necessarily, but I need to provide them with something and yes. options. I was not super prepared that day. Like it was not prepared. Lauren came in with her menu, with her list, and she was like, yep, produce, meat, do, 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 And I was like, do, 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 do. <laughs> that, that, that. <laughs> Just like, stop. I'm ready. Because waiting on for me for like five minutes. That's true. And I checked out faster. That's true. You had much less, though. I think I, I spent like $2,000 at the grocery store. Did not that time. But like, there are different ways. And in the beginning, you're going to be a little scattered, I think. And so it's definitely getting it. And most of the time, I would say I am more organized. That was definitely an off day for you. You also have right. your go-tos at certain places. Well, you have your go-tos. You have your standard stock. But then there's also the point of like sometimes you won't have time to do this elaborate menu planning. There's charter companies with pop-up trips. There's true 91 pop-up trips. There's just like getting a trip all of a sudden or moving up like a few hours and you were going to do the shopping that morning and now you have to like Instacart it to the plane or now you have to run and stop at Vons on the way, like not Air One. Yeah. There are things that you kind of just have to rush through sometimes and just like get in your head. And then on top of that, they might not have what you want all the time. Oftentimes. Yeah. Like, they don't. Like especially when you like go, you go into this like crazy menu. Like I'm right now I'm menu planning um and i'm like ooh, first day of spring so excited like it popped up on my calendar and i was like oh it's first day of spring like we did we were at coffee two sips in and she was like oh my god it's so first day of spring spring i want fresh english spring peas and i was like that's so fun to like do a menu with spring peas very hard to find like there it's impossible especially like this is very early on in spring so it's unlikely that i'll actually be able to find them but I'm like centering my whole menu around it. So if they don't have it the day that I go grocery shopping, I have to pivot. And it's like, okay, what's my new menu, right? I have to figure that out. Um, and that is where I would recommend, especially if you're chartering and you're trying to get into cooking, have your like go-to recipes, things that are like tried and true. Um, because, and that was like my favorite thing about being in charter for so long or not. I actually I wasn't in it for so long, but while I was doing chart, in it for a minute, was in it for a minute. But it was great because I had a couple of recipes that I really enjoyed. Like I tried it with a a client, they really loved it, and then I got a new client, and it's like, oh, maybe they'll like it, and then they liked it, and so I just kept like, and then I tried to make it better every time. Like maybe I'll add some more stuff, or maybe I'll change this up, and so it it was a really cool way to. Um, kind of develop a certain did yeah. over time, which is but it like, always was like right on the tip of my tongue. It's like, ooh, okay, I I make a half ready at balance X Y Z. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, no, exactly. This tastes good. I know what to get at the grocery store. Every normal grocery store has like these elements. Yeah. Um, well, that's like a good point too. Is like especially if you're doing charter, you can do the same menu for a bit, like mm-hmm. different clients because you have different clients. So you can ace something and get more confident in your skills that way. 
again, my example is going to be avocado toast just because it's hot. And my rule of thumb, though, because I had I did that in charter. That's how we kind of started cooking on board a few years ago. But then my last clients that I worked for that, you know, I was on an owner account, like they loved avocado toast. We did it regularly. And it wasn't just me being like, I'm lazy and I don't want to come up with a menu. Here's avocado toast. Avocado toast has been hot for what, six years, seven years? I mean, that was my, that was my cool. first go-to. I did avocado toast on, it was a carrot zucchini bread. Yeah. yeah. And people freaked out. And it was like every client loved it. Um, and so that was kind of like my foot in the door. And it made me feel really confident because every time it was like the shining star and that gave me the confidence to start playing around with different yeah. things. So yeah, 100%. Like, well, not figure your one thing out. Yeah. And the, the other thing is, like, when you're working for one client and they do love something, there's two different options here. Either we love it exactly the way that it is, and so keep it that way because they're the boss. But the other part is, I did it every time I did avocado toast. I did it a different way every time. So sometimes I would throw like some black radish on there and then I would do some truffle oil and then some like black lava salt. I would do another time like heirloom tomatoes with red chili oil like and like give it those pops of colors with like sprouts and lemon. And you can literally do so many things. You can do some whipped feta on there and then plains the yellows with the whipped feta because, you know, like then do like some lemon on top or some like there's just like lemon preserves even like there are so many different ways you can do it. And so there's different ways you can play with it. So master one thing and then branch off. Yeah. And then that will lead you into other things. Then it's like, well, then I can add an egg to the top of this. How am I going to cook that egg on board? I could do shaved hard boiled eggs. I could do a soft like scrambled egg. I could do it like just a fried egg. On my fried egg on board, I can do it in the microwave. I can do it in the oven. I can do it on the stovetop. Like toasts are a really cool thing to play around with because I think that's like I said, that that was crunch and tomato and snack yeah. and appetizers. <laughs> well, it's a, yeah, it's a great appetizer, but it also um, like once you can, there's so many different ways to play with it and then like add different flavors. So it's a you know, it's like um, like that was okay. So my avocado toast was a bang on my flights, and then I was also doing when I first got my start, I was. I wasn't, I was flying, but I wasn't flying all the time. And I was helping with like catered events um, within the company, like at the the FBO or for like the management company as well. And so I started doing weird toasts. And so I would do like ricotta toast. Yeah. And ricotta toast is so versatile. And so it really got me into all of these different flavor profiles and like, oh, I can mix the sweet and the savory or, um, and that plays into breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So yeah, it was kind of fun. And it, it gave me more of a, um, understanding of my palate yeah. as well. Um, and like, what can I add to this? Right. It's like just ricotta on toast is kind of boring. So it's like, okay, this, like I made the ricotta, I added like lavender and lemon and honey. So the ricotta, like, what can I put on top? You know, like, do I want to try, like, can I put pork belly on top? Like, Play with, like, the kind of honey you get. Could you yeah, have honey? different flavors of honey. Um, yes. Love that. And then, so with that, like, Lauren and was sitting at coffee this morning planning her menu. And so this is how we came up with the idea of today's podcast. However, we're, I think now to, like, bring it all together, 
walk us through how you created your menu today and then what inspired it and just how you're going to tie it together like you know we're wrapping up so yeah let's talk about this menu that we've been somewhat talking about and not really talking talk about executing this menu that you've planned all right so what did i what was inspired first well let's start with what time of flight like what time of day is the flight afternoon okay uh oh okay so this is actually set the scene set the scene this is not for a flight technically let's pretend it is okay we're gonna say it's for a flight we're gonna say it's for a longer flight that's in the evening yes. this is an evening how many dinners uh this is gonna be for three passengers um how many courses it's going to be three or four four five courses i'm not i'm not a, i don't make dessert let's just be real i'm not a baker i don't really i can make dessert but i actually might make a dessert for this but it's not on the menu yet so we'll skip over that okay um but so this menu i was really inspired by where i am right now right so it's like we made it looking at the coast yeah beautiful like northern coast um waves crashing on the rocks you get like that salty sea breeze um we will very about in our instagram so Yes, you'll see a very sweet. Give you inspiration, not to make anyone jealous, but for inspiration purposes only. Yes, obviously, sniff the sea air with us and get the vibe. Um, but yeah, so I, I kind of wanted that California cuisine. Your like equipment on board, so you know what you had. It's your plane. I actually just bought something that I had. I did this morning. It's really exciting. This is the luxury of working on a ninety-one account is that you get to buy whatever you want. special things for life purposes for cooking purposes that are for work but that give you a personal pleasure not always honestly my like my account is very special and he he really um encourages my cooking and encourages my learning of new things and so he's very open he's like whatever you need um and so that is very special and unique not they're not always like that um so i have a very special account and i appreciate that very much so okay it's so keep in mind that she has everything she needs on board yes i have everything i need on which might be a little bit more special than a charter lane that just got thrown off of a two-week rotation and you're stepping yeah so this menu is not like there are some things that you can technically make with um with allocation what i have yeah Um, but yeah so like first dish is going to be um, kind of like a potato, imagine a potato leek latke. Um, and then I would top that with a creme fraiche leek espuma, petrosian caviar. Oh, yes. So um, an espuma is basically, so you take, if you've ever seen like a whipped cream charger, um, essentially you just put, so I would do, um, I would boil leek. Um, and then I would basically use the juice from that. I would condense it. Um, I would add heavy cream and then I would add creme fraiche into that, blend it, and then I would put it into a charger. And you can add gelatin to that as well so that it's a little bit thicker. It's like a firmer texture. Um, but you can, so if you don't, it's going to be a, a bit more of runny, a foam. Yeah. 
essentially. So, um, so it also has a shorter lifespan. It has a shorter lifespan. So a spuma, basically, you're gonna you're gonna make it. You're gonna put the charger or you're gonna put the canister into the refrigerator, let it cool overnight. Um, it's definitely one you would have to prep for. This is one that you would prep. Yeah, not on a pop up trip. Not on a pop up. But you could make this as a foam as well, which looks just as beautiful. Um, the espuma is just more of like a cloud, essentially. So yeah. It's a, this beautiful cloud floating on top. Like that picture. Mm-hmm. So that would go on top of the latke. That would go on top of the latke with, um, and then I would do a buttermilk quenelle. So like almost, yeah, almost like an ice cream texture of buttermilk and put a quenelle topped with caviar and then fried leeks and then the espuma would be kind of dripping over everything. That is a look right now. For sure. Like, well, yeah, it's a void. And then a little chive oil drizzle. Just because you can. Because I can, because I like it. Super easy to make. I'm not tired of chive oil. Let's be real. Yeah, chive oil is fantastic. So that's dish. First course. La la. Beautiful. I have it drawn out. You can't see it very well, or you can't see it because you're listening. Yeah. It looks fantastic. Trust me. Then I was inspired by, I got a notification as I was creating my menu that it was first day of spring and I got super excited and I was like, oh my God, spring, what are the flavors? What's going to be in season? Um, I was like a little kid. I was like, yes. And uh, so basically I decided to do uh, something with the spring peas. So next course is going to be just pan-seared scallop, pea puree, fresh pea shoots, and then a cumin foam. Which I'm really excited about this cumin foam. Like you said it earlier and I was just like, oh my God, I can't stop thinking about it. Honestly, easiest thing in the world. It's literally like I'm going to use some fish stock. I'm going to use cumin um, and then lecithin, like soy lecithin. And you just basically blend, like you blend it. You just need to aerate it enough and then it'll foam. Same thing. It has to be all minute and you just like spoon that over the top of it. Looks beautiful. It's super simple. This is telling easy at home what all minute means in the moment. The third course is going to be a chilled pea soup. We're sticking with the pea theme, I think. I'm not sure. You were saying you like to do that. Yeah, I like to have a, like, I usually like to have a star of the show. So it's like pea could be, and I could have somehow brought that into the first course, but it was like as I was menu planning. Yeah. But I think I'm just going to highlight it in two dishes. Um, So it's going to be a chilled pea soup, and I'm going to make it like a lemon ricotta panna cotta. Would that be in the center? Yeah. So I would do a lemon ricotta, panna cotta, kind of, you know, like a little mold. Yeah. And then it would be the chilled pea soup right. would be table side. Love that. And then that would have the like on the table the, side pour. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's really impressive. Every, every time I do it, my boss is like, <gasps> like he gets so excited. People love that. Yeah. yeah. They want something like if you can bring anything table side, they're going to love it. Mind you, not super fun during turbulence. True, but we also fly pretty smooth. So I would actually, I would use edible flowers and I would use edible pansies, which are not my favorite. I think they're too big and they're not really, but the petals are incredible. But just a petal here and there um, could look nice. Last course, baby. A5 Wagyu. Just because I just like, let's get like, real. She literally added this on at the last minute and was like, this. these were her words. Just because I can't. Just because I can't. And Brewer's going to love it. Again, charter accounts. Maybe don't take after Lauren. You're not going to do that. 
but you can still get a really like just get a nice piece of steak. Yeah. You know, you can whatever. You can go to Whole Foods and get a nice cut of steak. They have Wagyu as well. It's not going to be A5, but they have a decent Wagyu. Yeah. So you could use that. This one and then the like piece of equipment that we were talking about. I got a smoker. So jealous. So it's like a mini smoker. It has the dome thing. So I might even do it like table side, a table side smoke. Definitely have to. That's one that you would definitely want to test run before you did it. Yes. I would not do this table side if. Let, yeah. But let's also be real. We've all done that where we're like, I'm not sure if I can pull this off, but we're going to do it. And if I ran out of time or the trip got bumped up or it didn't come in time or it came in the nick of time. Oh, we've all done it. Oh, yeah. For sure. I do it all the time to my boss. I'm like, I don't know if this could work. And he's like, no, nah, it's pretty good. I, yeah, um, it happened. So we're going to do a smoked trumpet mushroom. And that one is going to be like, I really love, um, so basic, I love to take a, a big fat trumpet mushroom, cut it in half and do like a cross hatchet on that. Mm-hmm. And then you just pan sear that so it gets a nice brown, sears in that cross hatchet. And then I would go ahead and use the smoker and smoke that. And then I'm going to do basically horseradish, like f- I think four ways. So like a powdered horseradish, pickled horseradish, creme, horseradish creme, and then a horseradish foam. This is my favorite dish, the one I'm most excited to cook. So, Yeah. Well, and that's like a cohesive menu. There's tines of the snap peas. There's protein. There is just like freshness. And it's all very California, right? Like, very California. Yeah, we've got. Yeah, I'm very California. Uh, the the last like the ribeye is a little. Um, the ribeye is yes, very California, but also like I'm going a little more Asian with it, especially like mm-hmm. horseradish is not necessarily Asian because that's like that would the Asian version would be wasabi. Claire. Yeah. So I like I like to do fusion food sometimes too. Yeah. So. But I think that, yeah, for me overall, when I look at the menu, I'm like, I'm proud of this menu. I think it's cohesive. So you're going to go to the grocery store with your little list and then you're going to execute. Yeah, I'm super excited. I can't wait. <laughs> the menus are an ebb and flow. Yeah. Uh, and I would also say, um, you know, if you have a sometimes sometimes you it's like a swing and a miss. Sometimes you'll create things that you're like the person you're working for does not like. Um, and that's totally fine. Like it's okay if they're not in love with every single dish. You're not in love with every single dish at every restaurant that you go to. You know, it doesn't mean that the chef is bad. It's just not to your liking. And that's totally fine. So um, that's something like don't take things personally when it comes to cooking and like menu planning. Which I think is a great ending note, like just in general to like recap all of this. It's like you're going to have some flubs. You're going to have some like really fun successes. But like, yeah, just keep moving forward. That's all we can do. And especially when you start get like to get into like chefing on board or being an amateur cook on board, like you're going to have those moments where you're like, what the fudge did I just cook or what did I just serve? And as much as we don't want to talk about those moments, which we should soon, they do happen. And you're going to shove them under the rug and learn from them. And then there'll be a fun... Just don't take it personally. Don't take it personally. Um, Well, this has been fun. I hope you guys have learned a little bit of like how to menu plan, what the process is. Hopefully you took something away. I know I did. Um, Plating. Hopefully that we'll, we'll get to talk about that again soon. Um, but yeah, I think that 
Lauren is incredible. We all hope and strive to be like her <laughs> someday. No. We aspire to be like her. <laughs> um, you guys might know her as Wonderless Light on Instagram. If you don't, go follow her so that you can learn all about her ways and hopefully here soon see her little smoking contraption. Yes. I'm so excited to use it. We're going to do it on board. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you for coming. Thank you so much, Adam. <laughs> this was so fun. I'm so glad that I got to uh, talk with you and kind of share the ups and downs of cooking on board and hope bringing enough of me the last two days. Well, guys, uh, thank you so much. Um, we will definitely post some pictures from this weekend just so you get to see where we were in this little experiment of ours. <laughs> um, we'll talk soon and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. It's <laughs> a Thank you.